Hey guys, and welcome back to like every day is Sunday. Happy New Year. I wish you a belated Merry Christmas. I am super, super thrilled to be back this year, 2024. It is super crazy to me. Like, am I the only one who still feels like 2001 was literally yesterday? I said this last year around the same time, and I say it every year, but my birthday falls within the first week of the new year, and it always just makes me feel like, I have an extra reason to reflect on the past year and then kind of regear myself for the new year coming. I use literally every single day as a new beginning. So I'm not one of those people who waits for like a month or a week or a year because I've realized that that has delayed me so much. And it's also been really discouraging because like, I don't know about you, but I cannot plan for a full year. Like you need to make your daily habits reflect whatever the goal is that you want to set for the year. So I'm more of a, these are my goals for the day. They're in line with my monthly goal, my weekly goal, my goal, my yearly goal. And if I don't accomplish these goals today, like I'm going to forget about today and just assess how I can be better tomorrow. So I say all that to say that I love this time of year. I love the day, New Year's Day because my birthday follows the week later, but even more so because I love to reflect and I love to sit in a place of gratitude. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Just to share with you guys some things I'm super grateful for. I want to share this because I feel like a lot of people can be going through these certain things, but as you may have heard in a few previous episodes, uh, my dad is gotten kind of this bill of health that is not in his favor and I was really worried about doctors and procedures and all these different types of things but God told me this year that I need to learn to rest in his word and that what good is your faith if you don't need to have any so I have been giving my worries to the Lord and just praying that he guides us in the direction that we need so that he can be given the care that um, will be the most helpful for him and God has been merciful and has just really laid the foundation for us. So I'm super grateful for that this year. It was one of my biggest worries. Um, I also am grateful for the fact that God called me to church because church has been super transformative to me. So my parents started coming with me and I've realized that because of my obedience in going to church, it's affected now my parents' lives and my parents are able to come to church and that is just strengthening our family unit. It is also just going to affect generations to come because when you just have God at the center, it's easier to kind of all be on the same page. So I'm super excited about that. Um, The other two things that I am over the moon about are the fact that Matthew and I bought a house this year. So having a place to kind of grow our new, not our new family, because it's just me and Matt, but our family unit and our future has been super influential for us and for our relationship. And we've gotten engaged. So that, of course, is just also very unifying. So I'm really feeling all the good things in a year that I also feel like the enemy was kind of trying to distract me and make me feel worried. So God's really been moving my heart and he's been working his good even when it doesn't seem like it. I really encourage you before you take a look at what you want to accomplish this year and before you get down about last year to just recognize all the blessings that you've had in the past. Um, I know that I haven't really sat and thought about what my goals are 
I'm kind of how I want to reposition myself for this next year. But one thing that I am working on is that I started reading the Bible from the beginning just a few days ago, and I do have a love for it now, which has been super exciting for me because to be quite honest, last year when I started to read the Bible, it felt like a chore. It was very hard for me to grasp what was being said, and that was before I started going to church. So my church family has definitely helped encourage me to get in God's word and um, what it looks like to break that down, all the tools that there are and resources to help you understand what the Bible is saying and that has certainly made my life just feel a lot later and a lot, it has made a lot more sense. So I'm really excited about that as well. This week, I want to talk about the fact that the state of the world that we live in today, just, I feel like, like so many days in the past has been filled with just so much like worldwide conflict nationwide struggles all the way down to our own community and personal issues and I do think that um, while I've kind of been taking a break away from the podcast I've realized that when you look at the world from a worldly view there is seemingly so much to complain about like all these media outlets want us to think that we should be complaining and There is so much power in complaining and it is not a good power. Like the ironic thing about complaining is that when you're listening to someone complain, we are so easily bothered and we can call them negative or whatever we want to call them because who really wants to sit and listen to that. But then when we're the one with something that's dissatisfying our souls, we want to tell this person, tell that person, tell the other person. We want to tell everyone in our circle what's going on. And we're telling the same story 10 times within 10 days and like sitting in that negativity. And I was actually thinking about um, my own family in this because like I had my grandma was the, the light of my life, but she really liked to complain and she liked to complain even more so to certain people in my family. And then she was perceived as this negative person. Um And like everyone was always trying to tell her, Nan, like you need to be positive. You need to be positive. And then she kind of would go back and forth to being grateful to God and all she was grateful for. But obviously nobody knows until they get there how it feels to be elderly and all the battles that come with that. So I was thinking about my grandma who complained so much and she always complained to my mom and my mom never wanted to hear it. She's like, mom, like I don't want to hear it. And my mom has so much stuff going on in her own life that like that was a lot for my mom to listen to. And it just made me think that like, it was a lot for my mom to listen to, but then my mom sometimes needs people to listen to her complain. And I use them because that's just like the flesh. Like that's how we are as humans. That doesn't mean they're wrong or they're terrible people. Like that was just kind of like a pattern in my family. And I really had to learn to break that pattern because like, it is so easy for someone to ask you like how you are. And it's like a defense mechanism defense mechanism to tell people like the bad things because like we want someone to listen or you also sometimes like sometimes I catch myself doing this I don't want people to think like my life is perfect and I want them to be able to relate so I know if they have something going on like I'll kind of say what I have going on to be relatable but at the end of the day you need to be careful about what you're complaining about like I said it before like have you 
caught yourself complaining to a friend only to call another friend and complain about that same thing. And then suddenly it's this spinning wheel of whatever friends or family members you speak to, you're telling them the same thing. And I've come to realize that the more people I complain to, the worse I feel. And I'm just sitting in that feeling like, When we complain to people, we're just putting ourselves in an even worse situation. We're not fixing anything. We're like venting. People talk about venting all the time. Oh, I'm here if you need to vent. Like, yes, that's one thing. But sitting in this sort of like complacency with your complaints is very, very problematic and you should be very nervous to do that we need to be cognizant of the power of our tongue and the way we are sharing about things that causing that are causing our heart to be unsettled because i'm all for going to trusted people and looking for encouragement and saying to somebody hey like i'm going through this like i could really use your encouragement or like hey i'm going through this like do you have support to offer i feel like these types of conversations are just like not normal for a lot of people but like asking someone do you have an ear to lend like do you have the space in your heart right now to listen and give me back advice like i don't want someone who's just gonna listen and walk away and be like oh that girl like i can't even handle that baggage like i've got my own baggage and that kind of like leads me to one of my first points about why you need to be careful about where you're bringing your complaints to because there's so many people who have their own disturbances and they cannot give you advice from a clear headspace and they can't handle the things that you're bringing to them and that's been the case for me a few times and that hurts me because I'm like wow I never complain and I have something that's like really bothering me and this person just like has nothing to offer and then they feel crappy and I feel crappy and we're both sitting there feeling crappy and then we we don't even talk about it or maybe the person that I'm kind of spilling this negativity to is also a complainer or they're also negative negative and and we know the saying misery loves company so now your grievances fall upon ill ears of someone who's probably maybe not happy but get satisfaction out of the fact that you're also unsettled complaining in today's day and age is just easy because we're constantly just in that state of comparison and i blame this honestly on not entirely but the i guess spike in this in social media because you're just like looking at a highlight reel and i think that complaining definitely has a lot of connection with comparison but more than anything when we're looking at other people's lives and we're comparing and we want to talk about this to this person and that to that person that's like an issue on its own but then you look at it from the other side and even if i'm sitting here kind of preaching the fact that you can't bring your you have to be careful who you bring your complaints to You also need to be careful about where your complaints sit and what your heart truly believes. So you should be mindful of the dissatisfactions that we say to our own self and the grumbles that we believe in our own spirit and the perspective that we have on our own life. Like if you're sitting there with all these feelings in your heart, it is going to just bury you. So I do think there's like that happy medium of bringing things to trusted individuals who can help you work through them and then also 
bringing things to the Lord, which I definitely want to talk about. Um, but before we go there, I wanted to bring up scripture. So Philippians um, 2.14 in the English Standard Version says, do all things without complaining and disputing. And I wanted to talk about this because in our generation, we love to talk about excuses. Like we love to make excuses like, well, this is something really terrible. Like I can complain about it. Or like, this is something really, really difficult. I can complain about it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to complain or I'm going to argue it. And it's like, we're seeing right here from Paul himself saying, do all things without complaining and disputing. No complaining, no arguing, no questioning, no quarrels, no debates. And that is to not be mistaken. You truly need to know that there are misfortunes. There are trials, there are storms, there's discomforts, there's of course going to be disappointments. But those are the things that draw us more near to a Christ-centered, God-glorifying life. And it is in those moments, the absolute most of the time that we learn to lean on God and experience that he is who he says he is. And we will need to make a conscious decision to not complain in those moments that it is easiest to. And I always say like, if you are already a believer and you've already experienced when God tells you to do something and it's so difficult, like for me right now, I'll just tell you, God is been convicting my heart of gossiping like what truly is gossiping and what are the effects of it and like we think of gossip in a worldly view of just like oh maybe like talking crap about your friend or about what happened in somebody's life but like there is so much more to gossiping and I can sit here and make an excuse as to why it's okay in one situation to gossip but you have to do all things without complaining and disputing I can't sit here and complain about certain things that are gossip. Like I must do all things without complaining and disputing. At the end of the day, we make our choices and then our choices make us. Like are you going to complain and then you are a complainer? Are you going to? Because you're making that choice to complain and your choice is literally making you. So if you're choosing to be negative about a situation you are going to be negative the second half of that verse is so the first half is do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of god without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world so let's unpack that a little bit Here, Paul is saying to do, obviously do all these things that you are doing without complaining and without arguing. Um, The message version says it as, do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and the living of God or sorry, and of the living of God. I think the Message Bible says it even better than I could have said it. Um, But basically, it's straight out right there. You can understand what this is saying. And I think that as Christians, we do have such a duty to go through the hardships of life and remember that we're carrying light on our backs. Like, we are doing the good work of the Lord. And we, if, if someone knows that I am a lover of Christ and that 
God loves me doesn't mean that I'm not going, not that God loves me any more than anybody else, but God, I love God is what I meant to say. If someone knows how much I love God and I'm standing here telling everyone how much better life is with God in it, I do need to realize, and it's not putting on a show, I need to believe it in my whole entire heart that when I am going through something challenging, I must do it without bickering or second guessing what God is telling me to do. And I need to go out into the world and breathe, like the message Bible says, a breath of fresh air. Because if not, if I'm just sitting there negative and complaining, what image does that portray of God? If I'm claiming to be a child of God and I'm walking around this way, it does not it's, I'm not a good representative representative of the Lord. And like everything I want to do in life should represent who God is and should make people feel the love of the Lord and the light of the Holy Spirit. So when we are questioning what the heck God is doing in our lives, you might notice like we often shift our perspective to gratitude. Even if you don't believe in God or you're just like trying to understand the concept of God, I think that we all can relate to the fact that if we are sitting in a place of dissettlement, we often try to quickly shift to gratitude and remember all we're grateful grateful for so we don't sit in that feeling. Because we know that by harping on what we don't have, what we are waiting for or what we have too much of or what we feel drowned by, when we worry about what we think we lack rather than the blessings we already have right under our feet, we are literally minimizing what God has already provided for us. Like, how can you be given more if you can't be grateful for what you have? That's like part one. And I don't know about you, but when I complain, my spirit just feels unsettled and it feels like it's fighting against something. It's not rested. It's tiring. It's agitated. It's uneasy. Like we make our choices and then our choices make us. So are you going to choose to complain and be unsettled and be fighting against something and be not rested and be agitated and be easy and be tired? Because then you're going to be known as uneasy, not rested, agitated, tired, grumbling of a person. Like we are hindering ourselves from the fruits of the spirit if we choose to be disgruntled with what we have. Because we simply cannot be joyful, we cannot be patient, we cannot be peaceful when we are sitting in dissatisfaction. And it becomes more than anything, and this is what the most powerful part is for me, is that it becomes a distraction from what God does have for us currently and what he is trying to give you. And that is why I am so grateful for this past year that I have. And I I honestly don't think that this was like a, a, a realization I've come to until now, but This year, I could have easily missed all the beautiful things that God was doing if I complained about how he was allowing it to happen. Like, I could have easily complained, like, my dad is my my guy, that's my person for life, and, like, I'm going through this happy, happy part of my life, but he's giving him this bill of health that scares the hell out of me, that makes me nervous, like... I'm trying to go through this happy, happy part of life, but there's always something sad happening at the same time. Like, why is the Lord doing this? All these things. Like, God healed my dad from one thing, and then he is now burdening him with another. I was there for like a hot minute. But while going through all these things, God called my dad to him and has been 
letting my dad rest in God and his word and God's word. Like my dad has, I think much more like air to breathe. Like he has a weight lifted off his shoulders now that he has seen how much God has taken care of him. And also at the same time, I have allowed my significant other, Matthew, to take care of me in ways that I never would have if I didn't have this burden on me. So this I could go on and on forever about, but basically like God allowed a situation to happen in order to work on our family unit. And, you know, maybe my dad wouldn't have come to church if he wasn't facing such hard circumstances. Maybe I wouldn't have allowed my significant other to take care of me in certain ways if I wasn't feeling so weak. And it's also given me such great faith. Like what good is faith if you never need to have it? I have learned the importance of sitting back and allowing God to work in my life. So none of this would have happened if I just sat there and complained about how terrible my situation was. So I just really want to encourage whoever is listening to recognize their complaints and where they may stem from. What are you discontent with? Ask God, like, God, what could you be doing here? Like, ask God to speak to you and and to help you open your heart and shift your heart posture and bring these things to him and constructively ask yourself, is my complaining productive? What am I trying to accomplish? What is weighing on my spirit? And by complaining about it, am I hindering what else is to come out of this situation? Because the answer is going to be yes. We need to remember this year and forever that God wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants to favor us and we need to expect him to fulfill his promises. We need to believe in our heart that he is going to fulfill promises so long as we are asking in good faith. And if you are complaining that you need God to show up in a certain way in your life, then ask yourself to understand why you're desiring such a thing and is it going to be for the good of God and is it going to glorify God? Because that's actually going to be probably one of the last points I make today. But James 4 reads, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Your desire, but do you desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, so you you strongly desire is what that means. So you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. So you strongly desire, but you cannot get what you want, so you fight about it. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That is so powerful. James makes a great point when he speaks to the 12 tribes in this scripture. He questions them and their motives for what they desire. Like you need to end this this episode today and pull out your journal, ask yourself, why am I complaining about this? What do I desire and why do I desire it? Because sometimes the things we complain about need to be uncovered to show the truth behind our desires and that they're not pure. And we cannot get what we ask for because if we were to receive it, it would be more harmful to us than good. 
Like we should really be grateful to our God that knows this and let's just try our very best to complain less in 2024 to bring our complaints to the good Lord himself and to release them and just try to sit in a place of gratitude and open our hearts to what God can be working on within us when we're in the place that we're in before moving to the next place that he wants us to go.